Hey guys, welcome back to A Girl's Guide. I am Chanel Ali, and this is my podcast that offers tips and tools to handle all the smoke in your life better, whether that's from men, boys, all in between, wherever you're getting it from. If you're feeling smoky, we're here to help you clear it up. I'm so excited for my guest today. I talked to a lot of comedians, some that I know very professionally, but this one today I've known since the beginning of my career, really. And it's so exciting to see all the advancements we've made and to just even like visit with you. Everybody, please welcome Peggy O'Leary. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. I just want to tell people that you've been doing comedy for a long time. Very long. Too long, <laughs> some would say. Some would say too long. <laughs> you know, in, in Philadelphia, also in New York City and lots of other places. And uh, you, you host an incredible show called Lovable Monsters, which you guys can check out at Punchline in Philadelphia. Uh, make sure you follow her and give her information at the end of the episode so you don't miss out on the show. Also, just recorded an album. We haven't named it no. yet, but you'll be able to take a little, a little Peggy with you on all of your drives. Because that's what people say about my album, is that they get in their car and it plays automatically. Oh, really? Because my last name, yeah, because my last name like starts with A. So in their, <laughs> in their podcasting or whatever app they use, it just automatically plays when they plug in their phone. So they start every day with, hey guys, welcome. <laughs> It's me, Chanel. All right, maybe I should name it with something with an A, so that happens. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, there was a lot of talkers during my album, so the joke with all everyone who was there was like, it should just be called "It's a Recording" because I kept saying that. Like, I'm like, it's a recording, everybody. It's a recording. It's a recording. Do you ever feel like, especially as a female entertainer, like people get so excited for us to do a project that they almost ruin it? Yes, and that's exactly what happened. It was my two coworkers who I work with the most that were so excited. So like it was yeah. innocent. And right. I do and I, I talk about this on stage. I think like post COVID world, we do kind of forget that entertainment is not on your TV or your computer. So I think that's what sort of happens with people. Like they're at a show and they're just like, Oh my God, I love her and you're like, I heard that <laughs> I think that sometimes especially when we're like recording a comedy project the person that really kind of ruins it is either the really sad person who's just there trying to fill a void or the person who's been like personally invited yes. and is so excited and also can barely handle that it's not about them. Yes. And then it just all spills over because I have an album, if you go back and listen to it, one of the, the, the biggest laughers on there is like a friend of mine who's not even my friend anymore. Like she's just not even my, in my <laughs> life anymore. But she's cackling hardcore yeah, my album you know, so. Yeah, it's never in like a bad way. Actually, one of my bosses was like, I like literally she whispered to her husband, I feel like Peggy should just say hi to the lady <laughs> so that she <laughs> feels included. But I and honestly, if I could have if I saw the other I knew one of them because I could see one of them. But the other one, I just thought it was a crazy lady like yelling out. Yeah. Um, if I knew who it was, I would have said. Hey, baby girl, like, shut up. <laughs> Remember, this is what right. we talk about all the time while I'm waiting yes. tables and how I don't want to wait tables anymore, like, when yeah. this comes out. <laughs> and I also think it's also because we have, we have like, friends and family from Philadelphia and yeah. Delta. And, like, those people just, when they feel feelings, they feel it fully. And it explodes out of them. I one time was doing a show outside in Philadelphia, and my friend walked up, like, while I'm on the mic, and she was like, should I sit here? <laughs> should I sit right here? And I was like into the microphone. I, was, I said, "Are you really fucking talking to me right now? I can't believe." 
Yeah. Everybody, give it up for my friend. She supports my dreams. She won't shut the fuck up about it. Sit down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. A seat. Um, I want to talk about your family a little bit before we get into comedy specific things. Um, okay. I love your Irish American heritage, <laughs> and also the fact that you grew up in uh, the funeral director funeral. business. Yeah, I grew up on in top a of the funeral. In a funeral. On top of it, it's a big distinction. It's important that you make that. Um, so how do you feel? Do you feel like you could have been a Lady Ghostbusters or what? I would have definitely been a great Lady Ghostbuster. Uh, I actually thought during COVID that um, all performance was dead. So I was like, I started going to school for funeral directing because I'm like, I guess this is what I do now. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I definitely, people always ask if there's like, um, you feel haunted at a funeral home. I'm like, who would haunt a funeral home? Except for, like, my family. Like, my mom might be haunting us, but, like, why would right. you haunt the place you you physically never were there? Just your body yeah. was. Um, like, your ancestors are coming back like, ah, oh, look at this accounting work. It's terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're um, making a mess of this business. <laughs> Honestly, though, weird that you said that. Um, I will send you a link uh, because my uncle just pled guilty to stealing from my dad. <laughs> Literally the day of my album recording. Well, I am <laughs> for admitting it, though. <laughs> that's, I know. It was actually so I literally thought half of my family wasn't going to be at my recording because mm. he was going to make it into like a, bit, like a big trial. But yeah. he, he, he finally got a lawyer that was like, please, this is going to be embarrassing for you if you don't just plead guilty. Um, so literally I was getting my nails done for the album, no big deal. And uh, I started crying getting <laughs> my nails done because he pled guilty and we were like, oh cool, this fucking 10 year nightmare is finally kind of done. But what a Delco princess story. <laughs> <laughs> a rags to riches, to it's riches to rags. Tell people, cause not everybody knows what is Delco because not everybody knows that. Okay, how I would describe it, so it's a little neighborhood right outside of Philadelphia, and it's big. It's actually, like, Upper Darby, the town that I live in, it is the most amount of people per square mile or whatever, capita, whatever, um, that is in a city. So it's, like, a heavily populated area um, yeah. right, right outside of Philadelphia. So, like, my house is, like, 15 minutes to West Philly. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, it's called the greater Philadelphia area. So it's like the, the suburbs are included, like the train stations and all that stuff. Um, but it's mostly, um, white trash, um, Ooh. Irish and Italian people. Most people here are Irish and Italian. I happen to be full on Irish cause, um, I think my family's probably inbred a little bit. Uh, <laughs> also why <laughs> we still have six kids. Um, but that might like a, be also why y'all got in the funeral business. People were like, we got to cover this shit up. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because O'Leary Funeral Home, like my dad's funeral home, was started 40 years ago, but there was one in West Philly called, um, oh my God, my dog is like hitting its head on the window because he's mad I'm not paying attention to him. Uh, <laughs> um, Reagan and O'Leary. So like my great, no, yeah, my great grandmom's brother, and her own a funeral home together, like from the 20s. So yeah, O'Leary's have been in the funerals business for a long time. Um, but yeah, Delco is just like, it's a very feisty, fun place to grow up. Like it definitely makes you tough. Everybody, 
a lot of most people are Catholic, and if you're not Catholic, you know what Catholic church you live near because that's what people ask you. They don't ask you what town you're from; they ask you what parish you're from. Wow. Um, so, like, I'm from Holy Cross, so Cross is boss, and uh, <laughs> but no, so I mean, it's just like a very uh, tight knit. I mean, they act like going to Philadelphia, which again, it is 15 to 20 minutes away from most neighborhoods. They act yeah. like crossing the border into Philly is like the biggest deal. Like, yeah, going into the city. Like, oh, I can't. I'm like, oh, why? You still need to go to a bar that you can smoke in? Is that why? Is that literally the They're only like, reason? Yeah. Yeah. Why I, are you I, keep bringing it up? Yeah. I'm comfortable there and I like it. Yeah. We have um, ACDC and the jukebox. <laughs> but like, if you ever listen to sport, like if you're not from Philly, if you ever listen to sports radio, Philadelphia, a lot of the people calling in are from Delco or the Northeast. It's not, I mean, there are obviously people from Philly, but it's like a lot of times the burb people who are like, no, we get it more. We're obsessed with it. <laughs> They're like, you guys don't feel it. You don't live over here. Mm-hmm. You don't see all the planes at the airport. Which actually, where I live, you do actually, yeah. Because that's yeah. the other thing. Is, and that's the thing, like, a lot of people live in Delco, work at the airport, because, and the Boeing yeah. helicopter place, because it's right there. That's it's why crazy. I know about Delco's, because I used to work at, at the airport, really. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 So I lived over there because I wanted to be closer to work, and so, yeah. Yeah. in the neighborhood. But also, like, my grandmother's family, when they first immigrated from Italy, moved to, like, South Philadelphia. So they yeah. were, they were, in, they were in the... They were in the vicinity. Right. Um, I want to. I want to go to Ireland. You want to? Have you done comedy there? I've never done comedy. I really wanted to do comedy there. Um, I, but I did go. So my best friend Aaron's dad was from Ireland. He was from like a small town called Roscommon. Um, yeah. No, Castle Ree. Sorry, Roscommon's the county. Um, so they. I went there once when I was sixteen, and I literally went to a tiny little town, um, mm-hmm. and then Limerick. And, and Galway, but I've never been to Dublin and I've never been to Belfast and Aaron goes all the time and Aaron's like, you would love Belfast. Like, but that's in Northern Ireland, obviously, which is, it's cause nobody knows that, but it is two countries because right. um, the English love making people under their realm. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those whites that like hate other whites, you know, I'm like, fuck I like English. it. <laughs> I, read, I read once that English people like developed their, their hardcore British accent um, just out of like wanting to talk differently. Like if you really go way back in time, yeah. it was like they all sat together and was like, we're going to start talking like this because we want to be different. <laughs> and we want to sound like, you know, Cockney. And it's just like, I would make fun of those people forever because of that. Yeah, you know? You're like, that's really wild. That's crazy, so but um, you so you took a DNA test, right? Or your grandmother did? Yeah, and I'm 100% that bitch. Sorry, you said that. Yeah, <laughs> I set it up, knock them down. I did. I did like a DNA test because I, my mom moved in with us during COVID. So I was like, oh, let's see. Because her mom was from Ireland. So obviously we knew, and all my surnames, like so... My grandma on my dad's side, last name is, um, uh, oh my God, Wales, which, but not, but it's spelled like a whale, like W-H-A-L-E-S. And then- oh, I like that better. Yeah. And then my dad's, and then like um, my dad's mom's, or gra- grandmom's, 
maiden name was Reagan. So it was like Reagan, Wales, Doherty, and O'Leary are all there. They're all those surnames come from um, County Cork. Like you kind of can just know that. Um, but when so I did the DNA test to be like, oh, maybe we have something else. And literally, it was the most boring DNA test. It was like, like embarrassingly Irish, like where oh. I'm like, because they actually can pinpoint because it comes up English and Irish because of yes. the that. But you can they actually break it down to counties and like 92 percent was all from Ireland and specifically County Cork, <laughs> which is like kind of scary. <laughs> There's nothing else in there. No wonder we're all dyslexic and can't read. Um. But your great grandmother sounded like a badass. She like quit her job in a, a very crazy way. Yes. And I wonder, I wonder if there's like a connection between women like us who have unusual careers and have been ambitious in a way that none of our ancestors have. Yeah. And our great grandmothers being the initial people in our family to decide that they weren't going to take any more shit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom, because they didn't celebrate birthdays really. She didn't know how old she was when she came over. She thought she was anywhere from 13 to 16, which I think is so funny because like 13-year-old Peggy and 16-year-old Peggy are wildly different people. <laughs> um, but so she came over illegally through Boston. That's what people would do. They would come on a boat. And so she had a cousin in Boston or whatever. Um, but it was actually Salem, Massachusetts, and she started working for like a very rich family in the kitchen. And I think she took care of the kids because that's what she did most of her life. Um, but yeah, so the story she told us, actually, she told me, which is funny because I've said this to other this story to other people in my family, and the only people she had told was me and my I think Aunt Annie, who is the youngest of my that's, moms. That's how you know you were the favorite, baby girl. Yeah. That's she also you know. she also when I was like eight, we were sitting there and she was telling me stories and she goes, I never had a drink. I never had a drink until I was thirty. But the moment it hit my lips I knew I was an alcoholic. She never told <laughs> she literally never told anyone that story. I recently told like before my mom passed away last year, I was telling her and my Uncle Joe, who is like a recovering alcoholic, and they were like mm -hmm. My mom never told us. She never admitted she was an alcoholic. Like, I mean, we knew she was, but, like, she never admitted. Whoa. And, like, my Uncle Joe, who is a recovering, um, like, alcoholic, he was like, Peg, because she knows it's in your blood. She knew you even at eight. You need to know that baby girl. She wasn't, she wasn't gossiping. Yeah. She was warning. She's she worried. She's like, I've seen how you dance outside the funeral home at yeah. eight. You are, you should not drink alcohol. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, but yeah, no, she like definitely was a cra I mean, she was the coolest. She lived in a trailer park. I used to want to live in a trailer park when I was little because I thought it was so cool that everybody could be in the same room at all times together because that's how much I loved my family. And wow. she was married to a guy nine years younger, and I currently date a guy nine years younger. So yeah. I'm always like, I'm just channeling Bridie, baby. Bridie oh, lived in a trailer. It's a connection. It's, <laughs> it's a, a connection. connection for sure. I, 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 you know, I, I always say that our great grandmothers, they couldn't have even dreamed like we dream, like no. they weren't allowing them. So I know my grandmother specifically, her wildest dream was to be some type of journalist. She just wanted to be some type of lady who was writing things and people were reading them and like giving her money. That to her was like her right. wildest dream. But yeah, now like we're just out here on a microphone talking about our vagina. It's just, and it's, it's crazy. Really it's so full circle and it's just so beautiful. And I just, I can't wait for our babies, babies one day to I know. be out here like, 
I don't know, moving time and space. I don't know what they're going to be doing, but it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, so I got a wild story. I took a DNA test with 23andMe because I- Yeah, that's what I did. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And now they have these health traits where it gives you very specific information. Like mine said that I'm less likely to be afraid of public speaking. Wait, I guess I didn't read mine very well. No, it's like a recent, it's like a recent new health traits thing. Um, it said that I'm likely to be afraid of heights, which I am. Me too. Are you just describing myself? (laughs) Terribly. We might be sisters. I am terribly afraid of heights. And it said I wake up every day at like 8, 16 a.m. That's so true. I can't even. This is a girl's guide podcast. I talk all about how much I drink and smoke and like party. And I am one of those people that I get home at 6 a.m. and I'm up at 8. I don't know why. I don't want to be. I'd like to sleep in. I try to trick myself here and there. But most of the time, I'd be up. And then I just catch up on sleep however many days until whatever. But um, also included was a family tree. And so that wasn't part of the commercial thing that I was doing, but I decided to click the link because why not? And so it populates up and it's like, Hey, this is you. And this is your half brother, Anthony from Philadelphia. No. Yes. And it just shows an icon. And so, you know, me, I'm immediately shocked and scared because the amount of Anthony's from Philadelphia that I have dated, the list is long. I need to see this guy's face immediately. I need to find him. I need to see him. I go full catfish trying to stalk this man on every social media. I write him on 23andMe. I'm like, hey, with a bunch of whys. Hey, this says we're like closely related. So it takes him a couple hours. He gets back to me. He's like, yo, this is shocking to me. I don't even know what to say. I was like, yo, this is my mom. This is my dad. You ever heard of those people? He's like, I never heard of those people, but my mom is white and I never met my dad. I was like, well, guess what, nigga? We got the same dad, yo. That's do you crazy. know your and do you know your dad? Well, I know my dad, but I didn't meet my dad until I was eighteen. I took a paternity test to meet him. Oh, that was wow. like court ordered. It's a whole crazy story. So we're not even close. I only like kind of know him through like texting, really. Um, so yeah, and your mom's I, white too. My mom's half white. Yeah. Oh, she's half white. Oh my yeah. god, that's yeah. insane. So now I have a brand new thirty-year-old brother. And, and how old are you? I'm 34. Okay, I thought you were 32. So, okay, so you're four years apart. That is yeah. insane. Insane. And I want this really to be a lesson for all of my listeners and for you as well if you think about taking a 23 and me test. Don't do it because it's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's shockingly accurate. And you know what? You spit in a tube. That's what I did. I spit in a little tube and I put it in the mail and I thought, this is so fun and cute. What could be? And then a mess. But no, he seems like an incredible person. I had a really uncomfortable conversation with my dad. (laughs) Did he know that he had a son? Of course he's saying no, but he also immediately was trying to deny it as if he he, he literally said like, well, I worked with this lady, but I, I never dated her. And I'm like, bro, you just put yourself at the scene of the crime, my guy. Like, why would you even? Yeah, also, why would you, even... you didn't need DNA. a dater to, to fucking impregnate her. You just fuck <laughs> you the co-worker. What? You fucked a co-worker, dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, it's 2023. Let's let's be honest now. And yeah. I also think that a lot of men from the 80s and the, the 70s probably never in their wildest dreams thought that some of their deepest, darkest secrets would be Come accessible out. on an app one day. Yeah, no. On an app. 
but that's no, that's really no. what's happening we're seeing a renaissance in that in all of media and all of the policing videos we're seeing that like things come to light in humanity especially when it comes to what a man thinks no one will ever find out about yeah we see the depth of that type of deception and how much they'll pay how much they'll lie and scheme to keep that hidden it's, it's really so incredible Oh my yeah, God, so don't so just like me and me unless you're ready. Unless you're ready. I know. I haven't, like, I keep getting updated emails and stuff. I just always, those are, like, the ones I'm like, ah, I don't have time. But I should really go look on it because I think I might have some close cousins or something. I wouldn't Wait, be surprised. The fact that you said that is because I... Ha I used to have a joke about it where I'm like, I stopped hooking up with Irish guys because I just know I'm gonna, like, fuck a cousin accidentally. So yeah. it's strictly... Scottish yeah. and Italian. I'm <laughs> just kidding. And like, just, just that. No, but I then of course, work. yeah. And like, <laughs> that's why, yeah, I can like say to my dad, I'm like, dad, I don't fuck, I fuck black guys not because of you, but also I am scared that if I fuck more white guys, I'm going to fuck a son of yours. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and not all of these guys, these older guys are going to register for this app and like really give us the information, you know? <laughs> We're no. going to have to connect the dots without them. I know that's also what's so funny. I guess it's so popular, but like, are you gonna meet up with him? Oh yes, absolutely. So he's in the Navy and he's deployed right now, but when he comes back this summer, we're gonna hang out and we've been texting, getting to know each other. It's been really such a blessing, honestly. It's been really- That's awesome. Yeah. What does his mom a, say about it? I mean, obviously I don't know her, so I haven't talked to her, but based on his energy, I get the sense that whatever, whatever story she told him, um, when he came to her and said, hey, this girl wrote me on 23andMe and said she's my sister, was probably not a happy one. It was probably something yeah. along the lines of, yeah I, did, yeah, I did have you with that guy, and I did think maybe we could be something, and he really wasn't around, so. And he never yeah. met his dad? No. Wow. Never met him, never knew who he was, yeah. He said, he, he said his mom never talked about him. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's and they insane. actually moved to Delaware. So they, he was born in Philly, and he moved to Delaware. That's where he grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like Wilmington? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's insane. That's a crazy... Yes. And I really feel like... Um, I, You know when you... Because if you can imagine, I met my dad when I was 18, and then I started to get to know him, and I started to, like, get to know myself also. Yeah. Because when you don't grow up with a parent or that type of guardian, there's certain things about yourself that you don't really know why you are or why you do things that way. Right. And so when I met my dad when I was 18, I saw parts of myself that were great and amazing, and I, I see it in my new brother as well. But I also saw parts of myself that I thought I could work on and that I could clearly see in my father he had not worked on those things. Like he was as stubborn and as, you know, stuck in his ways about certain things. And so when i grew older and i decided like i need to set boundaries with my new dad and make sure that our relationship doesn't <clears throat> hinder my life i think as a woman we're always a little unsure if we're making the right decision to tell a man that he's toxic right. and so for a long time i worried that i had been being what i thought he was like stubborn and cut him out of my life or minimized him in my life too much too soon and so to find this new brother and have this evidence come to life of the type of lifestyle he was living um, has been very vindicating, you know? Yeah. I trust myself so much more now 
because I wasn't able to articulate it when I was 18 or 19. That's the uncomfortable thing that I used to feel with my dad. Like, hey, sometimes you feel a little toxic and the way you communicate and the way you place yourself in my life, it feels toxic to me. Yeah. Um, now I feel very vindicated in that. And I am excited to see Trump go to jail. You know, I'm just, yeah. everything is just circulating and all of these things are coming to the front. And it's instead of having all of these years where people have been saying this person did terrible things and they embezzled money, like we're, we're finally able to say we can prove it. Yeah. And it's good. It's crazy. I know. Like literally the, what my uncle did to my dad is very, well, he didn't, he, but literally his lawyer tried to claim that it was a crime of sloppiness. Mm. instead of and you're like embezzlement is not sloppiness i mean yes it's bad bookkeeping but you know what you're fucking doing like but it's funny yeah. because like there is a big part of me like my mom's side of the family both sides of the family are great but they're just different and it's like the o'leary side of me the fiery crazy like my mom's family like they talk about it they're like we never fought like they had five siblings they're four siblings so it was five of them they never fought my family, yeah. we literally found, uncovered all these home videos. Literally, it, it's maybe the meanest I've ever seen girls talk to each other. Like, like literally, my sister called my other sister the R word. And then, like, oh. at one point, like, my one sister's videotaping the other sister. She's like, stop walking so fast, you idiot. Like, in this <laughs> thick Delco accent. I'm like, that, like, literally, and my mom always talks about it. She's like, we never, I didn't have a loud house. Like, my house was, like, really warm and welcoming my dad was tough but like but our family it's like literally like home videos are just like toxic terrible like yelling at each other my dad walks in like total 70s dad with the big glasses and he's like yeah. wearing a fur coat like he's like in the mob or something and he's like Megan where's the keys I'm like that's how I grew up and I had no idea like that. that wasn't normal and it so I remember really fighting happy. what'd you say it does sound a little mobby, like your family knows where the marshes are. Yeah, baby. I mean, my, <laughs> my dad's dad was a loan shark, supposedly. Um, but well, like, you know that, I didn't know that your dad and your it's your uncle. Yeah, are going through this beef, but that does bring me to something I wanted to touch on, which is like how a lot of and I think we we get examples of this in comedy. We see our boy counterparts, especially in Philly comedy, and a lot of them have little to no loyalty to each other. <sighs> like, the loyalty barometer for men in entertainment is just above hell, and it's melting as we speak. And I also think that that's, you know, common, I think, honestly, in, in just certain communities where it's mostly men. I know, but you know what's also funny to me? As much as they, they're not loyal to their, like, their buddies or their podcast co-hosts or whatever the fuck it is, but then yeah. they are very loyal to the new bro in town that they want to bring up. Like, it, it, it oh, boggles yeah. my mind where I'm like... I say that Philly comedy, the Philly comedy scene in general lacks a certain integrity in that we stand for things that sometimes don't even make sense, you know what I mean? Like... You can assault another comedian, we're cool with that, you know? You could steal their joke, what are you gonna do? Right. But if you start stealing their money, well now we gotta well now we gotta drop we gotta draw the line now. You, now, now you, you, th you think that, but they're not yeah, but only to a certain 
certain, only to a certain extent, yes. Yeah. Some of them will draw the line. Some of them won't, no. Yeah, They'll I keep will say. They'll keep as long as they want to have a buddy-buddy. Yeah. I mean, mind blown about certain things in Philly comedy. But see, and also, like, so it's funny, too, because it's like, so you know, like, obviously, I met you when you came to New York. You were visiting, and, right, we you came up, and we all hung out in Queens. I think yeah. it was, like, yeah, yeah. with Rojo, and um, you were like, oh, I'm a Philly comic, and I'm like, oh, I don't get to get to Philly too much, and you were like, you kind of helped me out, and, like, I did go, obviously, to Raven once in a while, and I got in. But then, so yeah. I leave New York, go to LA. And in New York, I was very, very a part of the scene, the independent scene. And like, I was in all the Facebook groups and all the women groups that were fighting about stuff. And I loved it. You know, I moved to LA. I have an amazing year in LA. I come back because of like, I come home to see my family, but then I, I stayed because of the, my dad and uncle fighting. Uh, not fighting, but my uncle stealing from my dad because they needed cheap labor. <laughs> like they were like, well, we can't afford anything. And I'm like, well, I can do it. Like I already live for free with you guys. So I'll just go downstairs yeah. and work. And like, basically I just was like the girl that answered the phones and I made sure that like the website existed because they didn't have a website before me. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. They were, all, they were all word of mouth and referrals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I didn't, so when I moved to Philly, I meet some girls and they're like, oh, there's a Philly girl, like chat group or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Like on Facebook, I'm like, I was in one in LA and New York and it became really toxic for me because I get really stressed out. Like I get really sad for people and like get really, and I'm also one of those people who like, like I'm banned from a bunch of clubs because I don't take shit. So like right. I fucking turn around and yell at someone. So I'm like, if I started hearing all everything in Philly and and, and in my mind I wasn't staying here that long, mm-hmm. um, and I guess in retrospect it makes me do, it did make me look like a bitch. I guess I don't know, but like behind my back to all the Philly girls at that time, and this was like five years ago, they were like, she's too good for us. She's this, and I'm like, oh no no no, like that is my like I know I'll get too invested. Yeah. And then and now I'm fighting your beef and I'm yeah. losing shit because that's what I did in New York. Like I would fight for people and then the next day they'd be like, oh, I'm going on the road with this guy. I'm like, what? What, yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, so yeah. I definitely had this like weird thing in Philly scene where at first everyone just thought I was like this standoffishy girl who like, I mean, there were I was like named in weird articles because I of a podcast I did. And I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I like I'm not. Trust me, I'm the first one that's going to be like, that guy's an asshole, that guy's this, I won't do that. Like, But I'm also not going to fight other people's, like, I'm, like, too old for that shit. I mean, I'm 36 at this point, so in my mind, I'm like, at that time I was 31, I'm like, I've already done the drama. Like, I wanted to go do the work, come home kind of a thing. Cut to five years later, I'm dating a comic in Philly, and I bought a house, and now I'm never leaving. So I should have just joined that group. I probably should have just <laughs> joined the group. Yeah, so are you staying in Philly, yeah? I mean, the plan is to eventually go somewhere. But yeah. right now, it's like I own a home. And uh, so... That's a really big flex for a comedian. Shout out to you for owning a yeah, home. Yeah, no, I will say that. Like, well, I was saving up because I thought I was going to move back to L.A. And then I was like, nope, get some <laughs> yeah. buying a house. Um but. No, and I think I wish I wish more comedians were better boy best friends to each other 
Um, and I enjoyed this really um, great movie with Colin Farrell and that Gleason whatever guy. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Banshees of, I don't know and, how to say it. Yeah, because it's a made-up word. Um, something like that. But it is so fun, so great. Boy Best Friends feuding. It's like... Just uh, it made me, it's like it's set in a fictional town, but it still made me want to go to Ireland so badly. Oh, and I just 100%. like watching boys best friend boy best friends like showing emotion and being a little vulnerable and being yeah. angry at each other and showing it. I was like, hey, like this is a look at this. This is the best drama I've seen. I know. Well, I loved. Um, also, I didn't know, and I watched a review of it afterwards that it's actually a metaphor for the civil war between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland because like. It's basically mm. how one, like one side just was like, "I'm done with you," and the other people were like, "What? Well, why? <laughs> why?" And then I mean, like, it goes to the crazy. I I do agree with you. Like, it's wonderful to watch to to actually do it, like to actually talk mm. about it, to actually say it. Like, I don't love the whole cutting of the the gruesomeness of it, but like, yeah, I loved everything else about it. I love it. And also, um, speaking of your comedy, one thing I like about us is that um, I think sometimes like young comics, especially lady comics, perform in a certain register with their voice. Like they speak a lot more up here and we start comedy like this, you know, whereas you and I, if we're calm, we have a lower register. And then if we get excited, we get really hype and it gets like really crazy, crazy. But um, I think also just like you growing up around funerals taught you a lot of empathy so you have like you have a really calm and soothing voice but I have a friend who has a really deep voice and she does not like recognize it she doesn't handle it well it affects her life in crazy ways and because she has a deep voice because she has a deep voice and like she doesn't understand that sometimes her tone is harder it sounds a little more brash you know even one time we were on a road trip to like DC and we stopped at a McDonald's and I said to her, you know, watch your tone in this drive through because you have <laughs> a very deep voice. And so we get up there and I order my food and she orders her food and she's like, I want a, a breakfast sandwich, no egg. <laughs> and the lady's like, what? And she's like, a breakfast sandwich, no <laughs> egg. And the lady's like, okay, so we pay, we get our food, we get on the highway, we're, like, going far, we're not going to get off the road. And she opens up her sandwich, and it's just a bunch of eggs that they had wrapped (laughs) up as if it was a sandwich. And put her name on it. And it was hilarious, I almost peed myself from laughing. But it just goes to show you, like, if you don't have, if you're not careful with your tone and you're, you can not use your voice well, crazy things can happen to you. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, like, good and bad. Like, some people, like, love it. Um, that I have a deep, like, smokery voice. But then people are just like, oh, it just sounds like you've been on a bender for, I'm like, my whole life. Like I came out. I'm, I'm, I came out of my mom's womb on a bender. I'm like, no, this is just. Yeah, I was smoking cigs out the womb, just like. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, um, I do think it helps sometimes, but it can be. Um, I had to really play with how aggressive, and how dim, like commanding I am. Like, uh, my friend Lindsay was in town because she was um, did the recording with me and then she was at punchline and like she has a she's a very sarcastic um 
voice. And it's definitely not high pitched, but she just doesn't talk about the stuff I talk about. Like, like we were joking because someone was like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, like I've been approached by multiple men to hit me while I'm on stage. Like that's never happened to Lindsay. And it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm like, uh, well, and someone asked me this, like, have you ever gotten like so upset that you cried? I'm like, I've never cried on stage. But there are multiple times where the moment I walk in the green room or the moment I get off stage, it's just tears. Yeah. And people don't get that because if you have a deep voice and you're tough seeming on stage, they have no idea that like, oh, no, it affects me. And like, and I think that my best sets have been when I was about to cry right before I got on stage. Like, I hate that that's true. And that's yeah. part of being an artist is that that's when you're being the most raw, the most honest. But yes, yeah. that's, that's true. Well, so like right before I'm about to go on stage, it was just me and Naeem Ali in the back. And um, shout out to your brother. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, another comedian that has the same last name as me. We have no relation. I've checked 23 in me. So. <laughs> yes. No, but so he was like, I was like, I'm just going to stay in the pocket. He's like, you know what to do? Stay in the pocket. So like, that's all I kept saying to myself. But then I have yeah. a heckler during my recording. And, it, and honestly, five years ago, me would not have handled that well. Like I would have, it would have been, it would have blown up. Whereas honestly, right now I'm like, that's why I don't know what I'm going to call the album because I, I've been listening to what my recording is, but I, he hasn't sent me the masters. Cause I'm like, mm. I don't know what the, that moment of the thing is, but I think it is me kicking this guy out in a calm way, like, mm. and in a, yeah. in a commanding way. And like being like, oh no, like someone said, um, someone messaged me, like, I didn't know. It was like, oh, I've seen you so many times. That was peak Peggy. Like you were, bitchy but you were commanding and also made it very yeah. fun and normal like afterwards i literally like when he walked out of the room by the way the girl he was with who is my co-worker stayed for some reason um i was like i feel like we all just went through something together like our uncle yeah. got drunk at thanksgiving and now fun aunt peggy's gonna make it normal <laughs> but like mm -hmm. i wouldn't have been able to do that if i hadn't years of people heckling me and um I don't know, Philadelphia. Just, just Philadelphia and people being pissed off that, I, I don't know, it is funny, people just still are pissed off, women have opinions, it's like very strange to me. Yeah. Absolutely, it's, I, I think around like 16 minutes of us being on stage, people, there's certain people that start to feel antsy, like, wow, this woman's been speaking a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I better, let me help her out, <laughs> let me help excuse her out. Excuse me, excuse me, may I have a word? <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, hope that you keep searching in that moment and that you do find like the title in there because I think that sounds like you're you're onto something. Yeah, because originally I was just gonna be called fat cheerleader because I have a joke where I talk about being a fat yeah. cheerleader, <laughs> which also is a fun name. But that is fun. It is fun. There's there's no rules. I wanted to originally name my first album Shiffer Robe, uh, which is a, a term for a very big like wooden like armoire type closet. And okay. it's from it's from <laughs> this novel to kill a mockingbird where they have this okay. character they tell him he, he gotta bust up the ship robe and they like accuse him of like sexual assault or whatever. Right. And right, they're, right. they're like, Well, how could he have bust up the ship robe anyway? He only had one arm and I was like, Exactly, it's theoretical. He they <laughs> thought he was so strong with the ship rope. And then I ended up calling my album Chanel number one. So you know, <laughs> What you, I didn't catch the idea, but when you have to explain a word that much. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it 
always hard. Uh, so now we've come to the part of A Girl's Guide where we give uh, our listeners just a few more excuses that they can use when they feel like they've had enough, which is a big part of this podcast, is recognizing that you got to set your own boundaries when it comes to uh, pretty much anything and putting anything in your body, and that means that the party stops when you want it to stop. So I'm going to pretend that I'm passing you a drink, and in this drink, it's like the craziest Irish liquor you ever heard of. It's like... It literally makes dads abandon their families. It's really toxic stuff. You don't even want anymore. And you know, one more shot of this is going to push you over the edge. And so I pass it to you, and you're going to say no and give me a reason for why you've had enough. And then we'll pass it back, and we'll go back and forth. Okay. Sounds good? Okay. What if I don't want to say no? <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is what I mean when I said we are great grandmother's wildest dreams. She's like, why are you going to stop drinking? What's wrong with it? <laughs> Sounds kind of fun and interesting. You were like, Where will this night take me? You're like, this game is in a whole other universe that I could never live in. No, I'm like, this is a, okay. So this, so it's not me, obviously. So it's another person <laughs> who can't because handle their liquor. Who cosplay somebody else other than you <laughs> who can't handle their liquor? Okay, so I'll go first. So you pass me a drink, and I'll t- I'll give you an excuse. Oh, here's um. You want to take the shot with me? Ah. Uh, Man, you know, I totally would, but I got to drive all the way back to Delta tonight. It's, I don't want to, one more shot, I might not make that drive to Delta. Uber, baby. You don't overcome the objection. You don't overcome it. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, well, sorry. I'm going this whole game on its side. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm... No, I got, some, I got some Irish whiskey here. It's like chilled. I don't know. The creepy bartender over there said it's like a thing. You want some? You want to take this shot? You know what? I'm actually good. I'm actually, um... Um, I really want to go home and have sex with my boyfriend, so I'm just going to... Wow. I want to get wet later, and it doesn't happen if I get drunk. Jesus. <laughs> Shots fired, Peggy. Peggy, letting all the alcoholics know, you can't feel it, neither can they. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you, you do me, you do me. Um, oh my God, you got to taste this. It's like the most like bizarre-tasting licorice whiskey drink in all of the world, you gotta have it. Uh, I would any other night, but I'm actually when I get home, I'm gonna take like a 23andMe test, and I don't want my saliva to be tainted by like whatever your little Irish poison is or whatever. I don't wanna. I want to make sure that the results are accurate, so I'm gonna keep it clean for 24 hours. Okay. But no, you you should take this incredible like coffee with this liqueur. It's so yummy. Just Ooh. take. Oh, I, w- I wish I could, but um, I can't really do caffeine because I have psoriasis and I don't want to like have a flare up, you know. So I'm gonna be, oh. I'm gonna be good with the. I guess you're really trying to have sex tonight for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do one more round. One more round. Yeah. Um, ooh, okay. I just had this. It is the gnarliest, like Everclear-ish whiskey. You got Whoa. to try it. It is literally put hairs on the back of your throat. Oh, that sounds bitchy. <laughs> I would, you know what? But I, I just look at my calendar, and tomorrow I have to like direct a whole funeral. So I, I am really busy. I gotta, I gotta check the books. I gotta. The business is crazy. It's booming. Uh, but one more, one more shot that I did pour. If you want to try, I got one shot here. It's just like tequila straight. Just like. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm good. Um, I'm not Mexican. Sorry, I can't. Wow. Oh, the name push like Peggy? Peggy? <laughs> and that is the game of I've had enough. That was really hard for me. 
That was, oh, was I, it? It was difficult. Can I just tell you that? That's how much of an alcoholic. I think I need to go to a meeting. That was difficult. Every time you passed the shot, I was like, I want to get drunk with Chanel right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Because the listeners can't see your face, but every time I was making an excuse, she was shaking her head like, I don't hear any issue. Reason. Like, yep. Why you're not drinking? It's a matter of so, I like it, Peggy. You make your own rules. I, I like do. it. Thank you so much for joining me on The Girls Guide. Tell everybody where they can follow you and what you got coming up next. Um, and yeah, you. you can follow me on everything at aunt, A-U-N-T, underscore Peggy O, because I have 14 nieces and nephews. Um, and you can see me every Thursday at J.J. Mallon's in Fishtown in Philadelphia. I have a show in Delco, if you're a Delco listener, uh, every first Friday in Media, PA. And I'm all around the world, just... Hanging out, living life. <laughs> Yo, follow on Peggy O. She's so funny. She's so silly. We're both always in between. It's always good seeing you. I loved seeing you Wednesday. I love seeing you too. And I was happy that I was able to congratulate you in person and also yeah. virtually. Thank you yeah. guys so much for tuning into A Girl's Guide. Keep that smoke clear. Drink lots of water and say no if you need to. Bye.